Good evening, everyone. I, I said to um, Raina while we were worshipping, I just want to cry all the time in that corner. I'm like, so good to be back. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a woman thing. Um, I realize um, when you get married, you cry more for some other reason. Um, I always heard of people crying, you know. They will say, the husbands will tell the stories of their they, they, um, wives just starting to cry. And they have no idea what's going on. And I was like, no, man, it doesn't work like that. And this past week, my husband found out that it, it does work like that. And um, when I was crying in the restaurant where everyone can see me, and, and I don't even know why I'm crying. Um, so it's a wife thing. I hope... Um, um, men, be strong. Just keep on loving your wives. That's, that's all they need. Um, it's really good to be here. Um, when I come here, it's like home. Um, and I'm not going to talk more because then I'm going <laughs> to cry again, believe it or not. Um, but I just want to honor your leaders. Um, I know Megan did it. And, and uh, I just want to agree. Um, Raina Leona, I don't know if one can say that, but they're the best. They're really the best. Um, I, I was under them for, for six years here, and it's been just incredible. And I want to tell you that you are so honored to have them. Um, you can pray and thank the Lord every day for them. And um, not only thank the Lord for them, but also pray for them. Um, because Paul said in his letters to the churches, pray for me. Okay? And we often don't pray for our leaders. We think, no, they're amazing. They've got everything together, you know. But their situation where they are at influences all of you. So you want them to be in a good place, right? Um, and so I would recommend just praying for them every day. Bless them because um, they're, they're really amazing. I don't want to make too many um, things and say they're my favorite. You can cut that out so that other pastors don't hear that. But... They, they actually are my favorite. Um, so really, you can, you can run after them. Run after, I don't know if that sounds right, but you can follow them because they really love the Lord. And I want to tell you that they really love you too. Okay, good. So it's good to be here. Be here. Um, this week has been an interesting one because the Lord has just been keeping saying... Oh, keeping telling me or keeping whispering or whatever you want to say, one scripture to me in my heart. Like I would say, Lord, um, so I have to share a word this Sunday with the people of Rondebosch um, who are quite passionate, who loves the Lord. Um, I mean, it's not every Sunday that you run around in a circle um, in worship. Um, and I think that's amazing. Um, that is showing something about we're not, we're not the same as the other people, right? We love Jesus, and we don't just want to live for, you know, whatever message or um, for my work or my studies. I actually want to give you all, God. And if I have to run around in a circle and say, break, you know, depression, then I'm going to do it, Lord, because I trust you, and I know that you're for me. And, and, and so as I was praying for you, um, this one scripture just kept on coming up. And I'm not sure yet what it means for you. So we're going to find out. Are you ready? Okay. So the scriptures in Proverbs 21 verse 2. It says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Okay. Can I read that one again? Every way of a man or a woman is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. So the same scripture is found in Proverbs 16, verse 2, and it says, All the ways of man are right in his own eyes, or pure, or clean in his own eyes, but God looks at the motives in the heart. That, that sounds a bit different. Barbara, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you look so different. Beautiful. Hello. <laughs> Okay, focus, focus. <laughs> As I was thinking about the scripture, it just came to my mind all the time. Um, I thought, how can, how can we better explain this? And a story in the Bible came to mind. It's in Luke, I think Luke 6. Um, it's a story about two people that has such a desire to, to be with Jesus. 
It's about two people who really want to, to get to know Jesus more and who is looking for him to come to them. But these two people are quite different. The one is called Simon and he's a Pharisee. Now, now a Pharisee is someone in the Bible that was really amazing Christians. I mean, when we read the word, we're like, Pharisees, oh, you know, they can't do anything right or whatever. But if you go look what they actually did, they studied the word. They knew the word. They could memorize it and, 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 and say like chapters and books out of the head. Okay, they fasted about two to three times a week. Anyone doing that? Yeah? Okay. So they did that and they prayed continually. If, I mean, if I meet someone like that, I'll be like, wow, you've got this. huh? You really love the Lord. You're really serving God. So Simon wanted to meet Jesus. He actually wanted him to come to his house, and he went as far as to invite Jesus. Now, you have to remember, Jesus was not very uh, popular with the Pharisees. Why? Because he, he, well, he told them they're hypocrites. Firstly, I wouldn't be popular with anyone if I called them hypocrites. Hypocrites. Okay, and um, so he called them hypocrites, and so Simon didn't really want to invite Jesus, but he took that step, so he really wanted to know Jesus if he took that chance of inviting Jesus to come to his house. Because what would the other Pharisees say, right? So he did that boldly. He invited. The only other Pharisee that wanted to meet Jesus went at night, Nicodemus, because he was too afraid to let the other Pharisees see I actually want to know a bit more, and I actually want Jesus to speak to me, okay? So this Pharisee, Simon, went to Jesus. Ahmad went to Jesus. He invited him to his house. And as they were sitting and chatting, now, just a bit of background, those days, people could actually, like, sit around and, and listen to what they were doing. So people would be like, okay, they're having these deep conversations. I'm going to sit, and I want to listen to what's happening here. There was a woman that also wanted to meet with Jesus. In fact, she was looking for him. You can go read it. And then she heard that, she, that Jesus was having dinner or supper or lunch, I'm not sure which one, at Simon's house. And so she went there. But when she got there, Jesus was sitting and they were eating. In those days, it was those um, low tables. And so when you sit, you sit on the ground and your feet is like probably next to you or behind you. So if you read the story, you will read that she came. The Bible said she lived a sinful life. Now, if the Bible says it's a sinful life, it means she's probably a prostitute. Okay, so she, she came to this um, meeting, and without saying a word, she came and she knelt behind Jesus, and she started crying. And as she was crying, she wet Jesus' feet with her tears. Now, in those days, she walked, you know, on the ground, and your feet were quite dirty. And she, it says she washed Jesus' feet with her tears. Now, she, she cried a bit, you know, if she, if she had to wash Jesus' feet with her tears. And then afterwards, it says she took her hair, and she dried Jesus' feet. And after that, she took the oil that she brought to her, and she poured it over Jesus' feet. That to me is such a beautiful picture. It's an incredible picture of a woman that comes to Jesus. She doesn't speak to him. She doesn't say, listen, yeah, Lord, I'm coming to worship you. You know, she doesn't say a word. She comes in humility. She bows down. She starts crying and just pours everything on Jesus. So here we have two characters. The one character wants to meet with Jesus, but he stays at a distance. He actually, when this woman does this, he thinks to himself, if, the, if, if Jesus knew who this woman was, he will never allow this. He came with his works. He came with what he think he had. In his eyes, he thought he was right. But the woman came, and she came with her heart, and she poured everything out on Jesus' feet. In fact, for her to have done that, she didn't care what the people were thinking. There was nothing in her heart keeping her from coming and just pouring everything on Jesus' feet. 
I mean, I was crying in the restaurant the other night, and I felt a bit, you know, who's looking at me? She cried in front of everyone, the Pharisees, the people who judged, the people, you know, it's the big Christian people. She just went out and cried and gave Jesus everything. That oil that she carried with her, that was like her, uh, 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 like her work, you know. To smell good is important if you're a prostitute. So that for her, it, was a, it cost a lot of money, but it was also everything she had. That was a living. And they say for her to pour it on Jesus' feet, she actually had to break it. It's not like these days you can spray things and the, like that. It had a small opening, so it was just a little bit that would came out to give a nice smell. But for her to pour it on Jesus' feet, she had to break that thing. In other words, she really did give Jesus everything, especially what was important to her. So you see, you have two people here. The one walks away. Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Oh, I want to hear that, Lord. To the other person, he says nothing. So two people came to see Jesus. The one with a heart who thought it was right. The other one with a heart really seeking. So I'm going to read that scripture again. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. I want to tell you today that in our world, we can choose. Are we going to be the Simons? Or are we going to be that woman that comes to Jesus and gives him our everything? Do you want to be a Simon? Do you want to be a Simon? No, no, no. Okay, I don't, I don't want to be a Simon. Do you want to be that woman? I want to be that woman. I want to pour everything out on Jesus' feet. I want to be that one who loves him so much. Because I realize how much he has done for me, right? Because that's what the word says. Those who are forgiven much, love much. And I know God has forgiven me of every single thing. He set me free. He said, come, my child, I love you. Come into eternity with me. How crazy is that? So how do we get to that point? How do we get to be that woman? What is keeping us from walking in that? What did Simon have? What is maybe a thing that we can learn from Simon that, that we don't have to walk in? Don't you want to know what that is? I want to tell you anyways, even if you don't want to know. <laughs> I believe... And, and that's not the only thing, but I believe that's one thing that the Lord wants to speak to us about tonight. And that is, where's our hearts at, right? Where's our hearts at? What is really, really going on in our hearts? We have to have a closer look at our hearts. Now, I know you all love the Lord. I know it. I can see it. I, I walk in here. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I want to stay here. Okay, but I have a husband now, so I have to go back. Okay? <laughs> but we have to ask ourselves what is really going on in our hearts. You know, when I moved to Durban, I really had to do heart surgery. I was moved out of my comfort zone, out of my family, out of the things that I know, and all of a sudden in a different place. And I had to ask myself, why are you really doing this? Why, why are you really serving the Lord? Or a better question, why are you serving the Lord? Why are you doing these things? And you know, the answers that I got was not the ones that I expected to get. Because what I expected to get was like, yeah, because you really love Jesus. And you really want to see his kingdom come, right? That sounds about good to me. But the answers I got was like, because you would look good. Because people would be like, wow, you're amazing. That I didn't get the first day when I asked the Lord to show me what's really going in my heart. 
it took me a real long journey to see and to realize, oh no, I don't love Jesus. I sing it every Sunday. I believe it when I pray and I said, Lord, I love you. But when I look at Durban, when I got there, I realized, I don't care if people come to salvation or not. There was nothing in my heart crying out. There was nothing saying, Lord, I want to see these people come. Because, you know what, if I have a love for the people, it means I really love Jesus. If I really love Jesus, I want people to get to know him. Like with everything in me. So I had to do heart surgery. And you know what, I went to Jesus and I said to him, Lord, I don't love you. I don't. I thought I did, but when I went through all these lays in my heart with all the stuff that I keep on pushing on top of it, you know, with all the nice Christian stuff that I think, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Another thing that's so amazing, then I don't get to where my heart is really at. And you know what God says? I'm interested in the heart. I'm not interested in all your amazing stuff that you are doing. I'm not interested in how many salvations you got. Although you're counting them and thinking, I, I have 500 already under my belt. God says, I'm not, gonna, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in where's your heart. Why are you doing it? Because people will say like, Nasha, wow, you've got 800. Well done, boy. You know? Can we celebrate everyone's Nyasha, 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 stand up, let's, you know, and that's good, I don't say we have to honor people and so on. But why is Nyasha doing it for that? Because this Lord has all I, I want to do it for you. Because I love you so much. I live for you, Lord. You know, and then all of a sudden I think, okay, now I've got this. My heart is not at the right place. Lord, can you see? I love you. I love the people. I'm crying for Durban for salvation. And then the Lord comes and something else happens. And I realize, oh, shucks. What's my motivation here? Again, to me. And I have to walk that whole road and say, Lord, help me again to make it about you. Help me again, Lord, to do it because I love you. I want to serve you. I want to give you everything. Now, you're sitting here looking at me thinking, who is this woman? And really, does she even love the Lord? Why did Rainer make a preach here today? Because um, it seems like, you know, where is she at? And um, I want to tell you, this is not something that we just realize in one moment where our hearts is at. We realize it when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and show us what's really going on there. But there's a problem with us. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to come in. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to show us what's really going on. Why not? Why don't we allow the Holy Spirit to come in? Or why can't the Holy Spirit come in? I tell you, He wants to show us. Jesus said, I'm sending you a helper. He's going to help you in everything. Why don't we allow the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you why. It's because of our pride. I realize I have a lot of pride. Do you know that word? We don't often speak about it. Why? Because we know we all have it, right? Okay, so it's not that bad. We all have it. You know? If we talk about lust to so on, only some people have that. So that's really bad. But if we all have pride, that's not so bad. Okay? But that's the thing. It's, it's hiding. And the worst part, it's stealing from us. Because if we have pride, we cannot allow the Spirit to come in and do the work that He wants to do in our hearts. He wants to set us free. Let me read you a scripture. It says in James 4, 5, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Raina spoke about power. Do you know what grace is? Grace is God's empowerment. 
He says he gives grace, he gives empowerment to the humble. But he resists the proud. In other words, if my heart is full of pride, can the spirit come in? No, it can't because I'm pushing him away with my pride. Proud. I'm in Durban now, but English is still a thing for me. Andrew Murray says, pride, to be lifted up, to be highly minded, to indulge in self-esteem. You know, we, we, we talk about it a lot. We must just have a good self-esteem, right? But we don't have to indulge in a good self-esteem. Or self-confidence and to glory in self-achievement. Andrew Murray wrote the book, Humility. I think... I. I don't know if it costs anything, but you're going to download it. It's, it's really good. Another, another quote from him, There is nothing so dangerous as pride. It is natural to us. It is insidious and hidden from our sight. C.S. Lewis says, For pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. Alexander Strauss says, one of the awful things about pride is that it deceives us. We may think we are serving God and others, but in reality, we are serving ourselves only. You see, you are the next generation. When I was standing there and looking over you, I saw plants coming up like just beautiful green new plants or trees or whatever you don't know what it is green coming up and and you just getting water here you just you just growing so powerfully in God's word and his truth and and who he is and you can just see and you know what God wants to give you more he wants to pour more over you he wants to let the Holy Spirit come in. And I think you think, no, we've got this already. You know, we, we're far enough. We've, we've grown enough. Or, or, or we, you know, I'm a good enough Christian now. I mean, I can prophesy and speak in 10 tongues. And, you know, so I'm good enough now. But God says, no. There's so much more that I want to impart to you. I want to bring my Holy Spirit and like water just flood you. You have no idea what I have for you. Will you open that lock that keeps the spirit out? Will you, will you take that pride and say, uh-uh, you're not welcome here anymore? How do we do that? Do anyone, does anyone want to get rid of pride? Okay, am I I'm just making sure I'm preaching to the right crowd tonight. Otherwise... This will be embarrassing. Um, <laughs> there's something that we have to ask ourselves. Do we believe? Okay, so you're going to test your, your own heart now. Do you believe, the first point, that everything is from God? Do you believe that? I'm going to read you just two scriptures to say that this isn't the word. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If you then received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? You see, we can boast in our talents. We can boast in, I got into university. It was me. I worked so hard to get there. But who gave you that brain? Who made you? Who gave you your parents who are so intelligent? You can say, but... This money and this house I worked for. But who gave you the ability to work? 
You see, we can boast in a lot of things, but who gave you that ability to do the things? Or who gave you those gifts? When we think about that, that I can't really be boasting about anything. Because everything I am, I get from God. Who I am and, and where I'm at, God has given this to me. You know, I can be like, I got married. <laughs> I just had to do that. <laughs> but who sent me to Durban? And who saved that man for me? God did. I had nothing to do with it, really nothing. You can ask my very close friends. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. If I had a choice, I'd still be single. <laughs> Don't tell him that, okay? But everything we have comes from God. And I can promise you, he gives us good gifts. Can I redeem my husband? He's really amazing. Okay? God gives us good, good gifts. Do you believe that everything you have is from God? Ask yourself that. Or do you think you have earned it? Or do you think your hard work got you there? Or it's because you're so amazing? Just ask yourself that. I had to ask myself these questions. Second point, do you believe everything is for God? Okay, great. I got a great husband. Now what? God says, it's for me. It's for my glory. Okay, I got this great gifts. God says, it's for me. It's for my glory. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Here in this church, you're serving Jesus. You're serving him. You're saying, Lord, it's all about you. You want to see your name lifted high. And higher and higher and higher above everything. In your own life, you want to say, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm serving you, Jesus. I'm going to run. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm serving you. This is for you. Not for my parents. They're quite amazing. But you're not doing it for your parents and you're not doing it for your pastor. You're doing it for Jesus first. You know what? He will bless your parents when you go and say, Lord, for you first. For you first. I want to live for you first. For your glory. Let my life shine you. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 31 says, So whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We forget that. I forget that. I forget that I'm here to bring God glory. So when someone walks in the street and bumps into me, I can't clap him. I know no, none of you do that. You know, I'm here because I want to bring God glory, so I have to learn how to do that. I have to be like, Lord, help me in every step how to bring you glory. How to make your face shine, not my glory. Because you see, the thing of this world is that it's all about me. I, I don't have a TV at my home, but now that I'm staying with my parents this week, there's an advertisement of uh, bicycles. Um, Kathleen, what is those big bicycle races things? But anyways, they, um, <laughs> then the advertisement goes like, it's for passion. It's for something, I can't remember. And then they say, it's for your glory, you know. And it sounds so amazing because, yeah, if I win, it's for my glory, you know. So we get filled with that all the time. But God's saying, it's not for your glory. It's for my glory. So whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. So that was the second question. First one is, do you believe that everything you have is from God? Testing your heart, where am I at? Or do you think you've worked for it and you have to work for it? 
Secondly, do you believe everything is for God? Okay? Test your heart. And then the last one, do you believe that you can let go and let God do it? You know, when I preach here, I know um, I'm just actually confirming what's already been said. Okay? So the worship, everything, God always confirms his word. And um, especially if I have to speak after Rona has, you know, prayed and, and given words. So as he was giving the words, I thought, oh, okay, I don't have to speak tonight because he said everything already. But do you believe that you can let go and let God? And he said, you know, we cannot. That was his words. You cannot. That's the best thing for you to know is that I cannot do it. Is that what you believe or you're telling yourself, I can, I can. I said um, to our small group the other night, you cannot, you cannot do it. But God can. Isn't that so much better? Lord, I cannot, but you can. The moment I say that, I'm taking the pressure off me. I'm taking the responsibility off me. I'm taking the works off me. I'm taking the pressure off me. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you because you can. And you're going to make it work out. And I said to my one friend the other day, you cannot, but God can. And he wants to, and he is going to do it. But you have to let him. So are you willing to let go and let God do it? You see, I want to tell you a secret today. God wants you to trust in Him, to let the Holy Spirit come into your heart and take control. The one Sunday I had to preach at our church. <clears throat> and usually, you know, I have the whole picture in my head about what I need to speak about. And this Sunday morning, I just didn't have the picture yet. And I'm sitting at the breakfast table, and I'm, I'm speaking to the Lord. I said, the Lord, I don't know really what you want me to say today. By this time, you know, you get a bit nervous because I have to speak in like an hour. So it's good to know what you're going to speak about. And um, I hear the Holy Spirit whisper to me that, let go of control. And so I'm like, okay, that's good, Lord. I really have to trust you now because in my head, I need to be totally sure what, I, what I'm going to say. It's not like I didn't prepare. I read, I prayed, I did all of that, but it just didn't want to come together in my head. That, that final thing just didn't want to come. And I, I was like, Lord, I know you always give it to me, but now it's not here. And the Lord says, let go. Of control. Let me take control. So I go to church, and um, I just a little bit different than yours. Um, I think that corner there—that's our church. That that there, and um, and we have one person on on worship, and we start with a kitty song, okay, and um, we usually jump around with the kitty song, and it's fun and shouting and so on. But the person leading worship bumps the guitar. While jumping, Matthew, I know you won't bump your guitar, but all of those things that tune the guitar then turns, okay? So what happens is then the, the guitar doesn't sound so great anymore, okay? And um, for like 20 people in church to worship to a guitar that doesn't sound so great, you, you wrestle through the songs, okay? <laughs> so that, ev that morning... Um, we were really wrestling through through the worship, and um, um, it it sounds like, but you must be able to worship in any circumstance, right? That that is our hearts. That's that's what we think, until you have someone here that can't keep tune, and the guitar is out, and you're like, I don't feel God's presence here, you know. <laughs> and you laugh, but you know that's how that's how it goes. And so that Sunday. Uh, I'm standing in the back and I'm like, this is bad, you know, and, and our pastor isn't there and I'm thinking, I actually just want to go and say, let's just stop and, you know, do something else, but I, I didn't think that far. And so 
after the worship, I, I get to the mic and I thought, yo, the atmosphere is terrible. The people are irritated. You know, you can, you can see it. People are like, can't we just go home now? And um, I take the mic and I want to tell people, let's just all pray in the spirit. You know, because the atmosphere needs to change in this place. And um, just, about, just as I'm about to say that, um, to say let's all pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit speaks to me softly and says to me, who's taking control now? And it wasn't a bad thing for me to say let's pray in the spirit. Praying the spirit is never a bad thing. You can pray in the spirit all day, never ending, you know. But at that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, who's taking control now? I wanted to change the atmosphere. I thought that I can do this. I know the things, you know. I've been in meetings like that. Let's just pray in the Spirit. Just let's, let's just get our focus right. And the Holy Spirit says to me, who's taking control now? And I just prayed a short prayer. And I said, okay, Lord, I give it to you. I started preaching, and I started preaching with a, a story, okay? Not a Bible story. A story, I think it was like of a woman and doing something. And I was looking at the people, and I was like, you know, moving around. And as I started speaking, I wasn't at the point of the story that you're like, aha, or, you know, that's amazing, or anything like that. I was in the middle of the story. It didn't make sense. The punchline wasn't there yet. And as I looked at the people, there were people sitting in tears. They were crying. I haven't said anything to make the people cry. The Holy Spirit came and ministered to people's hearts. I haven't done anything. We didn't pray in the spirit. The worship wasn't amazing. But the Holy Spirit came and he took control. I learned such a powerful lesson that day. To say, Lord, I want to let go. I want to allow your spirit to come in. And I want you to take the lead. I want you to take control. Do you know what? We're going to start doing that. We're not going to follow methods. We're going to say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you take control. But we cannot do that if we keep that pride in front of us. We cannot keep that when we think like, you know, always is right in your own eyes. But God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. And I want to tell you today, not only does he looks, look at your heart, he loves you. And he wants you to open your heart. He's waiting for you to open your heart. You know the story of the prodigal son? When he ran away with his inheritance? God said to him, you know, no, you can't do that. You know, this is a dumb decision. God said to him, or the father said to him, yeah, go. God's always going to give you a choice. You're always going to have a choice. Am I going to allow the spirit to come in or not? Am I going to allow that? But you know what? If you mess up, if you realize that Oh, no, my heart is not at the right place. What did the father do in the prodigal son when the prodigal son returned home? He stood with open arms and he said, come. In fact, he ran to him. He said, I love you. He didn't say, how dare you mess up. He didn't say, how dare you harden your heart. He didn't say, how dare you only thought about yourself. When that son came back home, the father said, I love you. I am so glad you realized that you must come back to me. I always tell the people, you know, when we run, when we mess up in our lives, when we hear things like, oh, my heart is hard and stuff, 
or we make mistakes. What do we do usually? Exactly. You did so well. It's like you run, you know. <laughs> so when we mess up, we, we tend to run away from God, right? But I want to encourage you. When you realize something, when you did something wrong, or, you know, you realize where your heart is at, like the moment I realize, oh, this is like bad. Then what do you do? You run to Jesus. Always. Doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter. Run to Jesus. Always. What's going to happen tomorrow? If you're like me, you're going to mess up again. Okay? So then instead of running away from God, run to Him again. And again. And again. And again. Because what? That is the God who we serve. He's always standing and saying, come back. Come back. I'm going to read that first scripture again. And then we're finishing off. Proverbs 21 verse 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. I just want to close your eyes. I can, I can pray many prayers tonight and, um, and ask you to respond and, and all of that, but then that doesn't, make, that doesn't matter really tonight. What matters is if you are willing to say to the Lord, Father, I'm going to open up my heart. For you help me to get rid of this lock and this, this thing where I think that I've got it and where, where I trust in my own stuff. And I just lay that aside and I say, Holy Spirit, you come in. You come in and Lord, help me to see where my heart is truly at. There's someone here tonight, and, and you really think you've got this. In fact, people have been telling you you've got this. But the Lord wants to remove a layer that you didn't even know exists. But you have to open your arms. You have to open your heart for Him to come in. And the moment that one thing is removed, something just bursts open. Something just flows like you've never experienced before. We sing songs and we say, Lord, I surrender all. When in fact we don't. God wants you to open your heart. He wants you to open your heart for Him to come in. There's a way that seems right in your own eyes, but God says He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. Just where you're at, just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, will you show me my heart? If you don't mean it, don't pray it. But if you mean it tonight, and you're like, Lord, show me my heart. Do you know what? He's going to do it gently. Show me my motives, Lord. He's going to do it gently. This pride thing is, is something that you really feel that it's just, it's a hard thing for you. It was a hard thing for me too. And 
you're like, it, it doesn't even make, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to do this. Don't you quickly just want to stand up, just where you're at. just want to pray for you. Just where you're at, just stand up. I just want to pray for you. Father, we thank you tonight that your grace is sufficient for us. And we thank you, Lord, that in our weaknesses, your strength is made perfect. And Father, tonight we want to surrender our hearts to you, Lord. Father, you say you see our hearts. You see, Lord, how we've been programmed to perform. We've been programmed, Lord, to do certain things that's been expected of us and, and we actually thought that that's how we must do it. But Lord, you say you see our hearts. And thank you, Father, that tonight we can say, Lord, we don't know how to get rid of this. But that you say that you come alongside us. Father, thank you, Lord, that you say if we open our heart let the Spirit come in that you are the one who does the work. So Father, thank you, Lord, that I could pray for this bold, beautiful, amazing people standing. And that you tell them that I've called you by name and that you are mine. Father, thank you, Lord, in this journey that they're going to take now. Father, they say that pride, you are no longer welcome in my life. Father, that you are going to teach them, that you're going to enable them, Lord, to be like that woman that came and sat at your feet, didn't care what people were thinking, and poured their lives out. Pouring their lives out at your feet. Father, I thank you for that today. Lord, thank you, Father, that we can also come against any generational curses and things, Father, that has hardened our hearts and, and put this thing in our hearts and, and we just break it in Jesus' name. Father, we speak peace. We speak for eyes to open. We speak, Lord, for hardened hearts to become softened. Lord, we speak to people who have hardened their hearts because of because of hurt and I thank you Lord that you soften it Lord we break those curses that has been spoken over people that said just be proud of who you are just be proud of where you're coming from Father thank you Lord we break that and we speak over them you are the beloved son of the most high you are the beloved daughter of the most high you are precious in God's sight Thank you, Lord. We just, we just declare freedom over every heart, every mind. And thank you, Lord, for your love that washes all of, over all of us. When we stand up like this and we say, Lord, deal with our hearts, we have to be ready to what He's going to do. Sometimes, it's not so easy because sometimes we don't actually realize where we're at until we allow God to do the work in us. I didn't know where I was at. My heart was very prideful and the Lord had to work really hard for me to see it. But He wants to do it and He's going to do it and I'm, I want to encourage you to open your heart from the beginning and say, Lord, you do it. You do it, Lord, you do it. The thing is, if I harden my heart and I didn't see it, my life would be completely different. So I'm encouraging you, God is faithful. He's merciful, He's righteous, He's kind. And as you allow Him 
to come in. You cannot imagine. You cannot imagine what He has in store. Not only for you, but for the people around you. So Father, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you want us to walk in your ways and you always encourage us and and send us back to you, Father. So we thank you that we can run back to you. Just where you're standing, if you, in actual fact, walked away from Jesus, if you, in actual fact, decided that, that, that you can do everything on your own, if you never took that step and said, Lord, I want to give you everything. If there's someone like that tonight, don't you just want to raise your hand? Just raise your hand quickly. Good. Thank you for those hands. just going to pray for you. Father, I thank you that you always stand with your arms wide open as we run to you. Thank you, Lord, that you take us just as we are and we don't have to be perfect. Father, and we speak freedom, Lord, over people tonight. We declare your goodness, your grace, and your favor. Thank you, Lord, that we can come just as as we are. And we declare, Father, your freedom, your salvation, your goodness, and your love over these people. Then, Father, I pray for this house. I thank you, Lord, that you bless this house. I thank you, Lord, that you bless the, the leaders in this house. I thank you, Lord, that you strengthen them. You give them strength that they didn't imagine or know that they can have. I thank you, Lord, that you bless them with your peace, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you bless them, Father, with endurance, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you bless them with favor. I thank you, Lord, that you bless them with the ability to walk when they cannot see, Father, with the ability to walk in your power, Lord, the ability to never give up, to to walk in faith, Lord, to to get everything they need from you, Lord. And I pray for for every person in this congregation, a blessing and a peace, Father, and a desire for Jesus like never before. Father, thank you, Lord, for a desire to seek your face. Thank you, Lord, for a desire to be hungry and thirsty for your word and your truth, Father. And I declare, Father, thank you for raising up people that will not be silent. Thank you, Lord, for raising up people, Father, that will not back down. Thank you, Lord, for raising leaders, Lord, that will trample on the enemy. Thank you, Lord, for for raising people, Lord, that will stand for justice. Thank you, Lord, for raising people, Father, that that will encourage, that will speak truth. Thank you, Lord, for raising people, Father, that will bring your word to a generation who is hungry and thirsty for it. We just bless you. We just bless you, Lord. We just bless you.